it's time to catch up, Chrissy. Matthew. Buongiorno. No! Oh, no, I was going to say it. Oh, that sucked. Oh, so we watched Life is Beautiful. Yes. Yes, that's hence the Buongiorno. Yes, the Italian, Mine sounded better than yours. Italian film, 1997. Mm -hmm. uh, best foreign language Oscar winner. Mm -hmm. Best actor for Roberto Benigni. Mm -hmm. Delightful. It won, I think, five mm -hmm. Academy Awards. Mm -hmm. And your verdict is that you liked it? Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Okay. Went into it. I love movies that do this. Went into it not expecting to love it. And then loved it. And probably, to be honest, wouldn't have stuck with it if it hadn't been for the pod. Because I don't like sad concentration camp movies. And this is the saddest comedy you'll ever see. That mm -hmm. should have been like the tagline. There's some truly horrific moments in it that we'll talk about. Um, but I stuck with it because it was for the pod. And I'm glad that I did. And it's also truly funny. Yes. Like genuinely amusing. Yes. Um, Somehow. Yeah, well, there's physical comedy. There's sort of farcical elements to yeah. it. Um, sort of slapstick. Mm -hmm. You know, Benini, I think that was his his thing. Mm -hmm. I think he was known for that sort of physicality and mm -hmm. comedy. Um, certainly not a handsome guy. Mm -mm. He's got a very everyman quality up mm -hmm. about him. Yeah. Sort of Chaplin-esque. Yeah, and uh, yet lands the beautiful, the beautiful woman through his, like... Uh, well, and he clearly adores her. I, mm -hmm. I, I was going to mention that to you because, like... You know, that's his real life wife playing mm -hmm. his sweetheart and then wife in the in the film and uh he clearly thinks she's the most gorgeous creature on the planet mm -hmm. because the, the camera lingers on her and yeah. he's so smitten by her and um i think it's charming how much he he is in love with her yes me yeah. too yeah. me too so a plot summary let's start with our plot summary so the movie's basically split into two halves and the first half is which I did not, when we went into this movie, I thought it was going to go right to the concentration camp. I did not think that it was going to start. Yeah. I knew it was World I wish War you II. didn't know. I wish you didn't know that well, you spoiled sorry. it by reading yeah. Internet Movie Database. and like, Well, and I kind of knew before that. I had like, it's just in the ether, right? Like I remember it, him winning the Oscar. So I just remembered sort of like, uh, it was something about World War II. Um, so starts us off in the first half where he is wooing through a, a series of accidents, keeps running into the same woman over and over again, slowly falling in love with her. Well, I think maybe he fell in love with her right away. She slowly falls in love with him. She's unfortunately betrothed, kind of a Titanic-esque, throw that ah, in this podcast again. That's a, that's a good comparison. Um, you agree. know, you will, by her mother, you will marry this man. Like, this is going to help us financially and otherwise going forward. And her betrothed is a high-ranking Nazi. <laughs> and... Um, at uh, through all of these accidental moments with Roberto Bonini, she falls in love with him and decides at her engagement party where he is a waiter to uh, run away with him and marry him. And so then there's this, and honestly, the first half, like it was, I suppose they thought it was important because they wanted you to get a real sense of like their love story, but I didn't need it. I didn't need it to be that long. Yeah. I think I, I agree with you that the, the romance was a little overplayed. Mm -hmm. um, but what's key, I think, to the whole thing is the revelations of his intelligence, mm -hmm. right? Yes. He's clearly much smarter than sort of a simple peasant ought to be, mm -hmm. right? Um, he's in, he's ingenious, frankly, mm -hmm. yeah. um, and bold mm -hmm. and observant. Mm -hmm. And these are skills that are going to matter 
later on. Mm -hmm. So it is, it's establishing important elements of his character. I think they could have established but, it faster. Which is a but subterfuge, yes. I think, of, yes. of it being under under the romance. So element. some important characters we meet in the first half are our main character, Guido, played by Roberto Benini, and his wife. His, Dora. His, yeah, his wife, eventual wife, Dora. Um, a doctor who visits the hotel where Guido is being a waiter and uh, peppers he's, him. He's he's German. He's German, but yep. he speaks Italian. Yep. Yeah. And peppers peppers uh, Guido with riddles. He's obsessed with riddles and is always really impressed with how quickly Guido comes to the correct answer. And um, his uncle, who he is living with, who is a maitre d at a fancy hotel, and that's how he gets the waiter job. Uh, I think that's about it. Yeah, there's no other real main characters. No, that's it. In this. And then the, the tone really shifts in the middle. You know when I think the tone really shifts is is when the horse is painted green. Mm -hmm. And you realize like, oh, this is like on the eve of the Second World War. There's real anti-Semitism happening yeah. here. It's subtle. The anti-Semitism is subtle to that point. Yes, um, it's happening the, in the background. The militarism yeah. and the, like, the sandbags around the statues and the yeah. um, windows being boarded. Up. Posters that are up. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so then the tone shifts halfway through, and um, they get married. It, it takes a, a step forward about ten years. They've gotten married. They have a four or five year old son. Guido's running his bookstore. What does she do? She's a school teacher. Oh, right. She's a school teacher. That's right. And um, uh, the son goes with Guido to the. And the, there's like very overt signs of anti-Semitism there. And the Nazis come and take the son and dad away to a concentration camp mom comes home to find the house in disarray and goes to the train and demands to be put on the same train as, as her husband and child now can i just pause here for one second and, and say that there's something i observed what's that which is that the young nazi officer at the train station yes. who's commanding the whole thing yes mr blue eyes mr blue eyes yes is the very same actor yeah. who plays the guy that chooses to be beaten to death with the baseball bat in inglorious bastards outside of the cave who chooses to die for his country indulge him and then eli roth comes out mm. and does the worst boston accent daddy ballpark <laughs> and and bashes him with the baseball bat it's huh. the same guy wow i guess there's just a dearth of aryan looking yeah and this cat like fits yeah. the bill anyways i i my digression excuse I didn't, me didn't know yeah so i'm pretty sure okay. we'll fact check it all right we will so he, yeah, so he, uh, he, he lets her on the train. They go to the concentration camp. When they get to the concentration camp, for some reason, Roberto Benini's son is allowed to stay with him, which makes no sense because all the other kids went with the moms, but whatever. And um, he explains to his son uh, through a series of events that this is all an elaborate game for the son's birthday and that they need to get a thousand points in order to win the game. And if they win the game, he's going to win a real tank because the kid's obsessed with tanks because it's wartime. And he explains that they have to get a thousand points and you get points by doing things like not complaining about being hungry and not crying and not being scared and hiding. And through this, he keeps his son safe until the very end of the movie. Are we going to spoil the movie? I guess so. Probably everyone's... It's 25 years old. So okay. I so, think we can. Okay. So then uh, he ends up... Um, waiting uh, tables at a fancy Nazi event that is happening at, at or near this concentration camp, manages to sneak his son in for extra food. And he's the son's posing as, as one of the German elite children. And uh, at this dinner where he's waiting tables, who does he run into? But our doctor from the first half who says, I have something very important to talk to you about. Make sure you meet me, talk to me later. And so we all think, oh, he's getting out. Like, he's this doctor's going to help him. He realizes this is wrong and he's going to get out. And doctor is like a way high up Nazi. 
And so Roberto gets all excited and he's like, this is it for me. And he meets up with the doctor. And this was the most horrifying scene in the entire movie. The doctor just wants to ask him a riddle. He's got a riddle that like the, the man is clearly mentally ill, which I suppose you could argue all Nazis were, but yeah. he, like, but he's gone over the brink. He's gone over the brink. He's yeah. gotten a, a, a unanswerable riddle from a colleague and he needs Guido to help him answer it. And of course, Guido is just, which means there's no help coming. There's no help coming. There's no he's escape. stuck there. Um, so at the end, uh, Guido, they're trying the, 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 the Americans are liberating and, uh, Guido tries to help, help his son by getting him to hide. He says, you know, this is the end of the game. It's an elaborate hide and seek game. You can hide in this little like metal closet nightstand thing that I found hide in there and, uh, and don't come out for anything. And then and he takes the big risk because he could have just escaped. Mm -hmm. Um, and he could have just hidden mm -hmm. himself as well. But he goes to find his wife, mm -hmm. and in doing so, gets shot. Exposes himself as yeah. being somebody who's trying to. While uh, while the Nazis are yeah. intent on killing everybody at this camp before the Americans get there, yeah, and uh, and he dies. And we're going to talk about that death because I have it in my notes. And then right at the end, the Americans rescue the little boy. He doesn't come out like just just like his dad told him. The boy doesn't come out until everything is totally silent. Everyone has left, and the Americans rescue him. And then he sees his mother walking along the side of the road when he's in the tank going to wherever the, I don't Heading know home. where those victims went to and he's reunited with his mom. That's the end. Yeah. Yeah. Good summary. Powerful film. Yeah. Let's okay. take a quick break. Quick break. And we'll come back with what? Some questions for you. Oh boy. Okay, Matt questions. Okay. Lay them on me. Um, so I've got, I've got some notes actually. Can we talk notes You want first? to go to your notes? I kind of want to go to my notes. Because okay. I really want to talk. Because I've been holding on to these things, right? I haven't right. told you anything. So I put the, the opening setup was too long. I didn't need to see ha half the film of them falling in love. Okay. I know that you you think that it was for a, a more specific reason. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was doing two things. Again, mm -hmm. it was trying to show their love and mm -hmm. his deep devotion to her, his mm -hmm. commitment to her. Um, and frankly, I think that the work he's putting into keeping his son alive is about protecting his son, but it's also about how much he treasures and values his family mm -hmm. and how he can do anything. Himself sane and, but, well. but he's also, he takes some big risks while in the camp yes. to reach out to her, to let her know yes. they're, they're still there. Mm -hmm. Right. And like not to give up hope. Yes. Um, the idea that they ended up in the same camp mm -hmm. is like, there's, there's elements of it that are historically inaccurate, historically inaccurate, mm -hmm. unfortunately. Yes. Including the fact that nobody noticed that he brought his son with him. Like it was women and children. And then all the men and a little boy, like, yeah, I'm like for these pretty specific paper pushing Nazis, they surely certainly overlooked the fact that a son was there. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so but anyways, it was establishing the, the commitment to his wife and his intelligence. And I think it's about his, his intelligence that, that he can make something out of nothing mm -hmm. and spin things into positives all the time. Cause mm -hmm. that, that keeps coming up, right. Is that he's like eternally optimistic. Mm -hmm. Um, and and opportunistic mm -hmm. that like you're almost ex not excited that they've been taken to the camp of mm -hmm. course it's horrifying but you're thinking to yourself because it's so firmly established in the first half that he's so brilliant yeah he's gonna work his way out of this it, yeah. it, it it's setting you up for the finale yes the the, the final moments yeah. where where things i figured with it being a holocaust movie they they couldn't all possibly get out okay so i wasn't sure who was going to die and who was going to live but i definitely thought like somebody's going to die here that we care about and it's probably going to be him and then it was um 
so I just thought that I put on my notes, the humor was incredible. They were able to take something that was so awful and make it actually very funny in a few parts. Uh, criticisms other than the long setup is that there were parts that looked very sound stagey, like very sound stagey. So it just adds to like shoestring budget kind of a look, which is not. I agree. As good. I agree. Yeah, there was. I mean, I, I rated it on Letterboxd and I gave it five stars, even though that is a legitimate quibble. Mm-hmm. Um, because the town squares, the exteriors all look legitimate. Oh. But they look like Italy. Yeah, but the it, it was something to do about the lighting. Mm-hmm. It looked very lit from above, mm-hmm. stage lighting. Yeah. Um, in the restaurant mm-hmm. scenes, the, the restaurant looked particular. It didn't actually look like a hotel no. in particular. It looked like a, maybe a ballroom with yes. tables in it. It yeah. was like a multi-purpose space. Use space, yeah. yeah. Um, I put that the evil doctor was the most horrifying scene in the entire thing. Like he just, the, the look on Roberto Benini's face when he realizes like, oh my God, this guy isn't going to get me out. That's not why he wanted to talk to me. He wanted to talk to me about a stupid riddle. Yeah. Yeah. It was, that was a moment when like that That's, optimistic facade cracks. Right? Yeah. And I think maybe that might be the scene where he earns his Oscar. Yeah. Because here's this eternally optimistic guy yeah. who's got to like not recoil in horror mm-hmm. at this he's trying hard not to mm-hmm. he almost almost looks like he feels sympathy towards him mm-hmm. like oh you poor man yeah you're broken yeah but he's also coming to grips with the gravity of yeah oh god like i we're i thought we here. were getting out and maybe we're not yeah and I really appreciated the fact that it wasn't some long drawn out when they when he when he dies uh it's not some long drawn out when Roberto Benigni tries not the doctor we never see him die although he must must have after the war um he i just really appreciated the fact that it wasn't some like long drawn out horrifyingly visual way of dying he just gets he goes off camera he goes well marches across there's like a minute of him marching across and you're like what's gonna happen here and he just gets shot off camera yeah and there's a there's a there's a beat Yes, After where you're like, machine oh, gun maybe fire, we think maybe he got fired it in the air, and he's actually a good Nazi that we didn't. I, but as that, as that beat was happening, I was thinking like, no, yeah, and no. that's an historical inaccuracy too, because not to turn this into a history lesson, but, but here it, we are, not, not a whole hell of a lot of compassion mm-hmm. in the end, and when those camps were being liberated, what are you talking about compassion? Like that they took him somewhere else? That they to took kill him? him somewhere else? No, to... I didn't think that's what it was at all. I thought that they were trying to hide the people they were. I didn't think it was compassion. I thought it was that they were trying to hide the people they were killing because they weren't supposed to be killing them anymore because the war was over. No, so that's not how they... I what thought they, it was what like, they let the body march itself was what I thought that he said in German, although there was no subtitle. No. Um, I think it, it was more a case of... Limited budget. No, I think that what's going on there is that um, with it clear that the tide had turned and that the war was over or ending or that these camps were about to be liberated... Mm-hmm. The the, a lot of the Nazis turned tail and ran. Yes, we saw that. Went and, and went like head for the hills right away. Mm-hmm. Get the hell out of here because they don't want to deal with the, with any sort of repercussions of their actions. Right. Many Nazis committed suicide mm-hmm. in those moments, or they they ran, and to murder somebody out in the open at that point because they didn't they didn't clearly care about human life. Right. Mm-hmm. Like his death was. They didn't, they didn't, there wasn't a quibble about like, oh, should we kill him? Oh, we'll take, I think it was more about like, if we do this in the middle of this square and the people see it, mm-hmm. we're in trouble. Mm-hmm. So I think that was the logic. Mm-hmm. It was like, well, let's hide him, mm-hmm. right? Because somewhere inside the camp and this, I didn't realize this every other time I'd ever seen this. He goes walking after the, after he served the meal and after he's had the horrifying encounter with the doctor and he's walking through the mist yeah. or smoke or whatever it is. 
in the square of this carrying a son carrying a son and he comes across a pile of bodies yes. which i did not ever see before because really? i'd only ever seen it on a lousy vhs transfer uh... so I, I never realized that was there he just in on a bad tv and in the wrong light mm -hmm. uh and on the bad video quality he just looks horrified by something in the mist but oh. it's never clear i always thought it was an implication right not actual bodies stacked mm -hmm. miles in, high oh my god which was it, it it was that was the moment where i thought ah, i don't know if i can show this to show this to the kids i don't think um, our kids could keep up with the oh our children our own children yeah but no. even even high school kids no high school kids should see it they should you think so yeah okay yeah that, yeah that, that was the end of your notes then that, well i have one more thing but it's a question so i'll save it okay then kids need some resilience so anyway. I, the big question i think to start uh is is this a drama or a comedy oh great question and, and like it's both it's a dramedy but it's really the circumstances are dramatic right yeah but it really only becomes dire and serious in the last five minutes mm -hmm or in the last 15 maybe well Up i don't know the tone becomes dire and serious in the last five minutes but i would argue that the entire movie the second half of the movie is dire and serious even though he's making fun of it like i said to you it's the saddest funniest movie i've ever seen like you he's he's translating the the nazi commandants mm -hmm. obviously very severe instructions mm -hmm. I am grumpy. Is, I, have, I have to play the grumpy man. And that's why I'm talking like yeah. this. No, I have to go. It's time to play hide and seek. Yeah. They're, <laughs> They're definitely going to catch me. But like, that's, that is just straight up comedy. Yeah. But I it's comedy. Know. I think it's, it's, it's really a bold mm -hmm. choice. Yeah. To, oh yeah. To set a comedy. In a concentration camp. In a concentration camp. camp. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Under those circumstances with a child yes. in peril. Like that's one of the things that you hate about films. Yeah. Is that they're often to tug at our emotional heartstrings, mm -hmm. they put children in peril. You know what though? This was a dad with his child in peril, which I could appreciate because it's always, always the mother with a child in peril. Yeah. Yeah. You want to mess up a mom? Take away her kid. It's not wrong. It's just like, can we think of a different way for women to struggle in a film? Okay. So we, we have a video store. You've printed off. You've got comedy labels, the little dots, mm -hmm. and you've got drama dots you got foreign too how do you label it do you cop out and put I, foreign i put no i put all three really yes and then i talk to the person as they're checking out okay okay i would say i would honestly yeah. i think i'd label it as comedy. a comedy yeah i know you would I, we, but i wouldn't feel good about it at no, all exactly that's why you have but to if i it. label it as a drama mm -hmm. i would be afraid i would be afraid that it would be scaring people off i'd be like no no it's it's dramatic but it's it's for everybody this is why all three labels can apply doesn't yeah. have to be one or the other. It's a three dot film. It's a three dot film. All right, time for a break. Okay. More questions when we return? Sure. Okay. 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 Got any more questions? So this is one of the few times where I haven't got a sheet of notes in front I of me. Know. Um and I'm I'm ad libbing a okay. little bit. Uh I do have some ideas okay. for some questions. One is you know, to the best of your recollection, what is this the best Holocaust um, film that you've seen? A, a movie that's set in and around that particular. What other theme? Holocaust movies have I seen? You've well, seen Schindler's List. Schindler's List. You've seen The Book Thief. I have not, but I read the book, which was excellent. I don't want to see the film adaptation. Um, the Gray Zone. Did you ever see The Gray Zone? No. 
Um, oh goodness! See, I didn't do any research to to think of. Think yeah, what, what I, I didn't. This. I did. Boy in the striped pajamas. Oh my god! I read that book. I have not seen that movie, nor will I. Yeah. Same deal, man. Jacob the liar. No, didn't see it. That one has Robin Williams, though, right? Yeah. How do I know that? But I've never seen it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess, yes. It's probably the best Holocaust movie I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, like, I really liked Schindler's List as well. But um, this one, I mean, the levity helps, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think, like, in terms of if I was going to show one in a classroom. Yes. I think this is way out in front. The only trouble I think I'd have with a modern classroom would be the the language barrier yes being, oh, yeah. being a subtitled film like i could i could show you know with apologies probably a gifted class yes would be able to keep up with the reading an applied class I, i'm not sure that they could yeah um which is a which is a real shame although i think um there are long stretches in this where the dialogue doesn't matter yeah particularly Absolutely. And, and his 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 abilities as a physical comedian as a physical actor um allow you to understand what's going on narratively pretty pretty clearly i'm looking at a list of um movies that are about the holocaust the pianist that yeah i haven't seen that no no and uh, sophie's choice haven't seen that didn't know it was about the holocaust until this moment just oh god everybody's on board with me here i don't want to spoil what the choice is but it's not a good one i bet it's not i won't be watching it uh anyways i haven't seen any of these no and that's from the holocaust museum of houston they're probably oh, okay. they're probably a pretty reputable source. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I, I yeah, I guess it's between this and Schindler's List. I think this. Is there any villain in movies? Yes. More reliable than a Nazi? Than a Nazi? No, there is not. No. It's just so easy to well, make they're them just, so loathsome. I was thinking this last night. I'm like, Jojo Rabbit's another one that said in that. Oh time. yes, but yeah. I still like this more than that. Yeah. Um, but a comedy, another one that. Yes. And that, like, oh, we never. We never really discussed it, but is that a movie that that worked? Did that comedy work for you? Because God, that's a that's as grim as it gets. Yes, um, it's got Taika playing Hitler, if yeah. you remember, yes. and I really enjoyed that. But it, it, I mean, yes, the comedy hit for me, but that got dark real fast, and then stayed dark if you remember until mm-hmm. the end. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. I this one would still be my favorite. I have to pick yeah. a favorite Holocaust movie. Yeah. Um, I think World War II is just so reliable narratively. Like there's something in our culture mm-hmm. that reveres the generation that fought World War II. You have never they said were, anything more white than that in your entire life. Well, it's just like, well, I mean, it's that's my grandfather and yeah. and like our grandparents and and. I think we just need to like like put a, an amendment out there that just like when you say our culture, you literally mean like not Canadian culture, like the culture in this household. I think North American. Oh, no, I would not. No, no, no. Because no. there would be there would be like all kinds of uh, like minorities, people of color that. Oh, like new arrivals to the country. Of yeah, course but also I'm thinking of black people and indigenous people like the, 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 the perspective there on World War II would be very right. different, particularly for indigenous Allow people me in to, our country. You know, cheerfully withdrawn then. Allow me no, to no, rephrase. No. I think it's a fine thing to say. I just want to put that little little addendum in there. I think how about <laughs> cinematically, mm-hmm. specifically, World War II is like prime fodder for oh, yeah. a lot of the great movies that have been made mm-hmm. are set contextually in either the sort of 1930s to 1950s yeah world war ii beginning of the cold war era like we we tend to really like that stuff 
and I'm, I have my hand up. I'm not saying this in like a I disagree with you way. I think it's just important to think about who was making movies at that time. Yeah, of course. Right? So that that's why, I mean, I agree with you. It's got great fodder, but I'm sure there's lots of other things that have great fodder too that haven't been as focused on mm -hmm. because it wasn't white men making movies, right? Sure. I'm not trying to be woke. I'm just saying that like that's, that's who was making movies. And if there aren't a lot, you know, there just aren't a lot of movies about World War II from women's perspectives or, mm -hmm. or, or prior to that from women's perspectives that, that, that's all I'm saying. Okay. I'm not, I'm not arguing with you. I'm, I'm just saying, although I'm not afraid to argue with you, Matthew. I'm just saying that's <laughs> not, that, that, that has to do with who no was making the be. films. Um, yeah. How about continue. this? How about this? Um, there's a, there's a lot of good stories to be told from World War II. Absolutely. Yeah. And absolutely. It's really like I'm I always think about my engagement ring story. Yeah. Which I will not tell on this podcast this time, and maybe another time. Yeah. Yeah. Bring people back. <laughs> um, Roberto Benigni directs his wife. Uh huh. Acts with his wife. Oh God. I know what you're gonna ask <laughs> do you, me. <laughs> do you think? No. Working together. <laughs> I'm not asking you to be in a movie. But do you think that like husbands and wives working together? Do you think that? Do you think do you think it worked well here, yes. or do you think that he missed something by not casting somebody else? No, I think that the chemistry might not have been there mm -hmm. if, and I don't I don't want to look them up because I don't want to find out now they're divorced. Yeah. But I do think that like the chemistry that was on screen. Uh, it was real. Yeah. Yeah. He clearly adored her. Yes. Right? And, but, and she and was, she was like, amused by him. I thought that that was like genuine. Very clear, yeah. Yes. I also thought though that like, she was not, she's like conventionally attractive, but she's not like the most beautiful actress you've ever seen. And she was a little bit old for the part, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Um, but so was he. So fine. If we're suspending disbelief, then maybe that's why you only have, 20s? <laughs> maybe that's why you only have one kid, right? Like yeah. it's, it's, I don't know. I just thought it was, you, I, I remember, thought it was lovely that he cast his wife. You sort of whispered at one point as we were watching it, like she's, she looks so of the period. Yes. Like it's partially the costume and the and makeup. And the makeup, and, yes. And the hair, but um, she certainly looked of that time. Yes. Having seen, like I saw um, a, a, a movie called Rome Open City mm -hmm. on Criterion which was filmed in the aftermath of World War II. And it's like the Bicycle Thieves is another one mm -hmm. where like it's set in Rome uh, using, using non-actors. Right. Right. Um, and she looked like she would have fit in yes. there. Right. She looked yeah. like an Italian. It's pretty know, cool. Of the, of the period. It's pretty cool. Um, so our little, our little project here is this. I think this is our ninth film. Oh, my God. Um, there's no more foreign language films. No, that's in it. This. Um, but we've watched two in a row. Mm hmm just in general, do you think that you're enjoying these foreign language films? Yeah, I always enjoy. I mean, generally speaking, I enjoy a movie that's subtitled. Probably appeals to my snobby academic. This feels like reading. Yeah, this is like reading. I, I prefer reading. I and prefer this is sort the... of reading. Um, so yes, I enjoy foreign language films. I also enjoy documentaries, right? Like I, I love that. I like learning something. So I, that gives me the impression of learning something mm -hmm. more so than watching like, I don't know, Lethal Weapon or Terminator. Uh, both were good, but I, I did enjoy this. I thought it was really good. Mm -hmm. I have a question for you before we go. Okay. It's, uh, it's 2023 and somebody says, let's remake Life is Beautiful. Does that happen? Uh... I don't think this movie needs to be remade, but mm -hmm. if there's lots of things that don't need to be remade, Matt. Yeah. I could see a way in which it could be attempted. Mm. Um, that but, came to me in the sound stagey part. I just thought like, he must look back on this and think I could do so much more with more money. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I don't know that more was necessary. Like, mm -hmm. I, yeah, you could, you could have like, you could background, you could foreground the war a little more mm -hmm. and you could probably cast bigger names 
and a wider cast of characters and you could probably have another scene or two and mm -hmm. you could pad it I, I, thought, I don't think it would i thought the answer was no i don't think that gets made today. i don't think it yeah I, no. I don't i don't know what to what end yeah right is our little end. our little phrase and yes. i don't think that uh that would bear much fruit so what's our next movie well we only have a couple left i know um bridge on the river kwai is one mm. lethal weapon 2 is another um when Harry Met Sally is still sitting there, mm. Four Weddings and Funerals still oh, sitting there. I think that's our next one. Okay. Because it's got Alan Rickman. I uh, know it doesn't. No? No. Oh, who does it have? Hugh Grant. Oh, yeah, he's okay. All right, well, that's okay. We'll do that one next because everyone tells me it's adorable. So we'll go with that after our sad, depressing comedy of a concentration camp movie. Okay. Okay, bye for now. Thanks, Thanks for everybody. listening. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.